Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. The power of celebrity. It has the ability to change public opinion. Well, at least shopping habits. A familiar face on a product makes people feel that they can take a chance on something. Now, they aren't content with just being a paid face. Now they want to be the creator or at least the benefactor. When are we going to have a drink bourbon? Well, anyway, go find some Wango Tango or Aviation Gin or not. And have a drink. have a drink the show where you learn along with us about what you drink i'm Brittany lee walker i'm justin frazier and i'm christopher walker (laughs) sorry chris i couldn't i couldn't get as animated uh today i'm i'm dying yeah uh bob's had a bit of a week so uh, (laughs) we've all had a bit of a week uh bob more so than the rest of us you may you may notice we we're not coming to you from inside broken throne which was the original plan oh yeah um we were supposed to record that last weekend. And when we got there Friday night, we get a message from Casey. that says, hey, gang, <laughs> the chiller just went out. So we can't Should we like brew. share that picture? And it's just like, oh, God, it wasn't. No, a, I don't think it was like, a major thing. But um, <laughs> he's like, yeah, there's like five gallons of coolant in the floor at the brewery. So there's no brewing happening. It's a that's not a good thing. Can't really brew without your chiller. <laughs> I mean, so, you, can, you can, but you better have like a lot of ice on hand. Yeah, you, you, you got to get that temperature down. You got to control it. Anyway, so we didn't get to do that. Instead, we hung out at Casey's and had a very lovely afternoon. Played Casey made babies. us. Casey <laughs> made us a German lunch, and we played with his babies. And he gladly was like, "You, you watch them." <laughs> I just need just ten shoulder. minutes apiece. It was so cute. Oh my I god. And apparently, I, I am designated for the ducks. Yeah. Uh, yes, Casey's son was like so. He, yeah, Bob, you didn't get to see that, but he was not okay when Chris was leaving. <laughs> like when we were heading out the door, he, uh, Franklin was not having it. The, <laughs> he was so upset when Chris was going. There was a. Yeah, it, it, there was a there was a general warming to us that it took for the babies. Yeah. Oh, so we, we were there we for like their... two hours before they would acknowledge us. Yeah. yeah, we invaded their space, and it took them a little while to kind of, kind of you know, break away from from Casey. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, we 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 got them to come around. There, there's a nice picture of uh, of the twins sitting on mine and Chris's laps. Oh yeah. Oh no, I have to show that one. They were doing <laughs> high fives. It was we high were trying fives. to teach them how to high five. You're like, come all on. around. It was. The, I mean, it was just. It was an afternoon of utter cute. 
<laughs> I just I look I I need those twins to whenever they they achieve something to look at each other and just go yeah. <laughs> High five. You're like your my work here is done. <laughs> Aside uh, from teaching Zella how to brew, obviously. So that was uh that was what happened instead of uh the lovely brew day episode that we we're going to be doing live bring a barley wine. We will have to arrange doing something else. I mean, it just it's 2020. That's all I can say. Yeah. And speaking oh, of also every one of our attempts for all of us to show up at that brewery have always fallen through. That's yeah. true. Yeah. It it just can't happen. It's not allowed. There. This okay. year has been terrible. So yeah, there's us <laughs> playing with Franklin and Zilla. That that was our consolation prize, which it worked I was out. happy. I wish yeah. we could have brought Emmett. Yeah. But he I, was oh, the baby he was, fights. He was with grandparents. So Yes, we are. We are doing streamathon this year. Oh yeah, uh, we, we need haven't to, heard much about things. I think we just we just saw we, the toolkit got put up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it is to say, uh, I guess the last episode we did, yeah, it was our anniversary episode, and it was our kickoff to the oh. streamathon. So we went ahead and got our <laughs> fundraising started. I hope that's not actually foreshadowing for the streamathon. No, honestly. we will not be doing that again. So oh. it, if if you guys want to find that, it's on Twitch. Um, of us making gigantic asses of ourselves and us think, being dumb and not realizing how old we are. So no, I want to say <laughs> I was the one who said we have to raise the price because if, if you haven't watched it or listened to it yet, it was uh, pay twenty dollars to make us chug a beer. There On was, top there of was that, we no were sampling of... a vertical of Bourbon County Stout reserves again because we're super smart. There was no amount of money they weren't going to pay to to make us drink. And Kent Namus showed up and Curtis. <sighs> And Curtis, Curtis was a, a huge contributor with as a well. Big, with a big purse. And good lord, why? Yeah. That's yeah. what we're, we're yeah, saying that's now. A, that's um, what we, we we said no. So we got a $300 jump start on New Year's Eve, which was awesome. I, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, we raised $300 for, um, well, so Children's <laughs> and, Miracle Network, but and, specifically, we were doing Cincinnati Children's Hospital, which yeah. is part of that net network. And Ritual Misery got $100, or will get $100. <laughs> Because oh, yeah. uh, we had the stipulation that there'd be a big payout if they could make one of us spew. And Bob, and uh, they Bob they did. It. I I blame the sausage. That's what everyone. That's, yeah, that's... what she said. <laughs> took that's a bite a of cold. Took a bite of cold sausage right after, like right after we did the outro, and I went, nope. <laughs> so yeah, it was the last bit. We will not be upping that uh, for New Year's Eve. Just Ooh. not just to get everyone. I don't know what we're doing yet. But uh, you don't know what we're doing yet, but it's not going to be anything close to that. My we, God, we don't have I mean, no more pay to drink like that. It's is, like soon. Yeah, it's creeping up. <laughs> like it's October, guys. But yeah, uh, so I guess that's a, a rewind in case you missed that. Go check it out. Everyone who tuned in live, huge thanks. <laughs> Blame the sausage is <laughs> my little fair tribute site. <laughs> oh, sorry, that one caught me off guard. Oh God. Uh, yeah um so uh yeah sorry this episode is not uh what we advertised for the last oh month well i was really hoping to get the instagram stream too but yeah it was there was no getting anything like that happening um while i mean we could have since we had to go to casey's house we could have instead the playing with the kids and playing with the ducks but it would have been nearly as entertaining i don't know it would have been a lot of <laughs> my ass 
yeah, hunched over running. pushing those. You ducks, were designated as, as chasing duck the kids man. Yeah. as they scream and run to the other end of the kitchen. Can I just say I, I I need a recording of Zella's like because they they're not that much younger than our son and yet they like, still have the baby. She's like, ah, I'm like oh. They still have the like baby coos and everything. It's like oh god, and then our son is just like he's just screaming obscenities at us, and <laughs> he's like, "That's not what I asked for." Fah! Yeah, it's about right. Yeah, we see them like they're like Phil and Lil, and then we have Angelica. Well, oh, god, he's not that, that bad. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so at speaking at twenty twenty, ruin that. Hey, guess what? One of us has experienced 2020 to the fullest extent for the Again. second time now. <laughs> Again. Uh, okay, not exactly. I didn't I didn't have two weeks in, but uh, I did end up... You were quarantined uh, for the second time this year. Yeah, I, I was coughing and I had a fever, so uh, I, I did go take a test, and I, the results are like right over there. It's negative. I don't have anything. Uh, other than a sinus infection, which is you have something, it's yeah. just not. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's what I was like. I've never hoped for someone to have a sinus infection more in my life, and I was like ninety percent <laughs> sure that's what it was. But I was like, you can't. I had I had a hundred degree anything. fever. I just went. You know what? I've got to. I can't in good conscience go to work after having a fever. Mm. They'll. Well, no, not in right case now. I'm in case I'm wrong. Someone will die. Yeah, it's not so. Not worth it. I. Uh, I was like, you know what? That's fine. Let's. I told my boss. I got everything kind of squared away. I went the next day because I didn't hit my fever until after everywhere closed. Uh, so I went out, took the test. They went out to my car and they like, here, put this into your nose all the way back to you hit resistance. And I went, oh, you want to see a trick? <laughs> Did you shove the whole thing in your nose? I could have. They. I got to a certain point. They went stop, and I went okay. <laughs> Because they were just prepping, like your your eyes are going to tear up. It's going to be real tough. You're just going to have to like deal with it. It'll be okay. Is that when you reach out the window? Give me the hammer. Oh, oh no, there's no hammer. (laughs) Whatever. And I I think I went to Twitter afterwards, going like, man, I'm telling you, the human blockhead from Scam School and Scam Nation, whatever it's called anymore, I just went, man, that that old skill came in real handy. I'm like, ah, carny folks for life. (laughs) I told that to my mother, and she just went. Why were you doing that? And I was like, oh, seemed like a cool trick. <laughs> to F with Why them. Why not? Because <laughs> they're used to everyone crying and be like, well, oh, God. And then you're which like, I would have oh, done. Let me put the whole swab completely inside of me. One, one I'm going to put it in my nose and pull it out of my anus. It's going to be a great trick, you guys. <laughs> one side was a lot harder than the other, though, because like that side actually had like the sinus was like actually swollen uh, up back there. Uh, so I uh, went back in. I went, oh, oh, yep. Nope. Can't. Can't <laughs> move here. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, all I did was lie in and watch videos on YouTube. Uh, that's about right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and get great show ideas. Our, uh, our group messaging things like, Hey guys, this great thing that we all forgot about would make a great show topic. When did I you, say that? You started watching videos on things and then you're like, Ooh, <laughs> I already forgot what that is too. I have no memory of this. I've referenced it in Bob's the news. A lot of Nicole, guys. I referenced it in the news episode. I still have no memory of this. The London uh, beer flood. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, yep. or, or, or is it, it just that we need to episode. do an episode on <laughs> the, f- 
like various flooding of alcohols. Yeah. Now, rum, molasses, beer, wine. Well, the wine one's not a fun one. Whiskey. Whiskey. Well, those aren't okay. Those are fun. It's not like the so there was a Cincinnati. A lot of them aren't fun. There was a Cincinnati beer flood as well when where there's the reports of the manhole covers being blown off Mm. from the pressure. Yeah, yeah, they were. Uh, but yeah, that was that was my. How's your all's week been? Uh, well, I got contacts uh, again. This is the first time I've worn contacts. In I mean, it's nice that you're branching out, meeting new people. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so yeah, my eyes are really like still not used to it. Um, they're, but these are like the the I'm gonna call them like just the temporary kind because my other ones that I actually got for the the supply of. Uh, are on order. Went to Target Optical, and everyone I said that to was like, Target has an optical? <laughs> I was like, I know. <laughs> um, I've never seen it except for at this particular store. It's very strange. Uh, but it, it was very nice. Very well, pleasant visit. Um, but I have those in now because I was super tired of the fogging glasses thing with the masks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, one of many reasons, really. But um, yeah, I was just like, whatever. Uh, and then... We watched, uh, we finally watched the Adams Family cartoon that just, the oh, movie that just came yeah. out. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I liked it. It's not bad. Yeah. But it could have been so much better if what's his name, who did Gomez, wasn't trying his, he wasn't, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac was trying his best to do a Raw Julia impersonation. Yeah. I think, because he's the best and you, Gomez. You hear it. Oh, like you yeah. hear it. He's like, he's trying. And he's failing. But I think Charlie Theron did well. And I think uh, that Chloe, whatever her last name is, did really well on as Wednesday. And what's his name from Strangers? Alison Janney. Oh Alison Janney's hilarious, isn't it? But Wait, Alison Janney? Of- Who's she playing in this? Uh, like the, essentially the antagonist. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I could see. I could see her. She's doing like a home makeover show and yeah. trying yeah. to make over the Adamses. It's great. Spoiler. When do they do the Mamushka? Uh, no, it's the so, same thing, different name. Yeah, they do a version of it. Uh, it, the, it, I, I think it's so it's okay. It's so Pugsley for the record, has to learn it and he's failing at it. Yeah. We, so we watched it because suddenly it is, it is available to watch on prime video. So free. yeah, I was like, quote unquote free. Cause if you have prime, but, you know, uh, cause otherwise before you had to rent it and I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. But, uh, that's, that's the only reason we gave in. I was like, Oh, it's just on there now. Sweet. Um, I think it's worth a watch. It's odd because you never, so in every other iteration of the Adamses, Wednesday is like the rock of Adamsness. She is yeah. just like the creepy to the core, you know, nothing. And in this, it's she suddenly wants to, she's interested in being normal. Well, well I mean, kind of. She, she's reaching that age where she needs to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just a to- totally different approach to the storyline. The two things that bug me the most are Oscar Isaac trying to channel Raj Julia, and it, it kind of pissed me off. And I was like, it's, no, he could have he could have just done his own thing. It's, it's one of those, not everyone has to be Mark Hamill doing the Joker. And It's better to forge your own path. And then the kid from Stranger Things who was Pugsley, he emotes too well vocally. He's too good of a vocal artist. No, like you... You can hear all good, you can yeah. hear all the emotion he's putting into every line. And then you're like, no, it's Pugsley. Like this is <laughs> he's like a background 
kind of character. You're making but him too much. A lot of the much. characters are different in this. But um, I also thought so. Bette Midler plays Grandmama. And no, oh, no, that's the biggest sin. That's okay. Yes, I know you're you're. So they messed up the familial relationship. They, they her, okay. That's that's flipped around at least six times. I was over gonna say, the years. I don't think this is the only instance. No, for that, but they made so. her Grandma Adams. Mm-hmm. And like so the Gomez's mom instead of Morticia's mom. And so from the 90s movies, she's Morticia's mom. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because they always play off of that the, the and, Adams parents are dead. Yeah. Because that's always the, you know, Gomez was like, it was an accident. I didn't hate my mother. Yeah, yeah. In the cartoon, she was Gomez's mother. Yeah. And then in the TV show, I think it might have flipped in the TV sh- in the the old black and white TV it show. Started yeah. as one and then became the so other. Like, yeah. But this is based on the old cartoon. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of yeah. Although the, you can tell there are bits of uh, uh, the movie in there, but also like she, Wednesday does the Rorschach line from from. Yeah, Watchmen. she goes to junior high and is like, she's You're like, not locked in here with me. I'm locked in, locked in here with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked locked in in here. This is like deadpan monotone. This is amazing. (laughs) So Uh, I think it's worth a watch. I mean, if you have Amazon Prime, let's just go for it. Before we move on to a couple announcement things you want to talk about, um, I did did watch uh, while I was sick. Uh, They have Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey free on YouTube. Oh. And I watched, I ended up watching them back to back. How do they hold up? Uh, Pretty well. Well, 85% 85% well. There is some, I have some a homophobia. One holds up better. Uh no, they're about the same. Oh. Um, but there's some there's some homophobia that's oh. uh that's you don't recall until you're watching it. Oh, yeah. Well, this was the eighties. Uh and then the next morning I rented Bill and Ted Oh, the new one? Face the future or face the music. And how, oh. how was that? Uh enjoyable. They 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 decided they needed to do some character growth finally. Hmm. So it's much better than you expect. And as I've seen, yeah. it actually turned out to be like a huge financial like gain for MGM. Is that who owns yeah, it? Probably. They like um, made a ton of money. Well, yeah, especially because I mean, the first one made it. All of them have made money. The first one was a sleeper hit. And this one probably is, is a really is also a bit of that. Well, I don't think they were expecting it to make as much as it's going to make. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we've been we've been in the weeds uh, on, for a bit. Yeah, what we've been doing. <laughs> hey, uh, we haven't talked about the stuff in a bit. Announcements. Okay. We don't usually have a lot of announcements, and the last announcements were a lie, as it turned out. So we apologize <laughs> for that again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, we've been popping up when we can on uh, RMP's cocktail hour. So that is something to Ritual Misery podcast. Yes, uh, uh, you can catch. Uh, we do their pre-show. You know, every now yeah. and then. And that's when they're doing their cocktail hour. They make a, everyone's going to make a drink and figure out what we're doing. Uh, uh, Chris has been on there a couple of times. Uh, I've been on there uh, once. I haven't been on there at all because I'm the worst. So you're I'm not the worst. Um, Some of us have to get on there and MacGyver drinks out of nowhere <laughs> with a packet of orange Kool Aid and no sugar. Yeah, if you wanna, if you wanna watch me figure out what's a terrible way to make a drink, I will probably try to do that. That might be a thing I keep trying to do on there. <laughs> that's just going to be your shtick now. But yeah, that's uh, so any week you never know which one of us is going to be on there and what the hell they're going to be drinking. And we're going to be trying if we do or don't have the ingredients, what we're going to be trying to cobble together. I yeah. don't know. This past week, we didn't get to get on there. 
and they were doing whiskey sours, and we very much lamented the fact that one of us couldn't get on there. Yeah, because like we wanted to make the the modern rogue uh whiskey sour which kate that was like just how casey made them like, oh casey you gotta do it and then casey's like i'm doing a beer dinner I'm like, crap yeah i i i this i've only been drinking nyquil this week so that was and that's when i yeah. said you should do a nyquil whiskey sour <laughs> <laughs> come uh, on it it fits no uh also uh we just found out that big voice j uh has a new a new podcast of yes. uh bedtime stories Mm-hmm. Yes, you, uh, so we were Lovely. listening to some, sampling some in uh, the pre-show on Twitch. So if you're listening to just the audio, you can go to the Twitch uh, stream and you can catch some of that. Or you taste. can go get it from the horse's mouth, yes. the, the big voice J. So go look for BVJ's Bedtime Stories. That's the title of the podcast. And it, uh, Or you can just look for probably big, big voice J uh, in the search. Um it is, uh, I found it on Apple Podcasts. It's also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, probably all the podcasts. He's got it out there, things. and it's uh, its wonderful. It makes so you oddly sleepy and aroused at the same time. <laughs> His and, voice and does that peaceful. to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's peaceful and arousing and just like those those bass tones that they just like, they rattle something in you that just makes you go, mm. Look, anytime um, Jay has something out, I always want to shout it out. He's one of the best people on earth. So, yes, yes definitely. Uh, yeah, and the, so he's got his obviously his voice. He's reading public domain <laughs> books. I really need to put that on a business. I mean, you yeah. Do. Uh, so, and, and, but it's also music in the background. So, uh, so yeah, I, I would highly recommend it uh, after our little uh, kind of intro play and in pre-show. <sighs> So I think that. uh, All right. With all that preamble. uh, Well, no, wait, one more thing. Uh, We had a news show for the first time in a month, guys. (laughs) Well, second time. uh, Yeah. Okay. We only had one last month. We meant to have another one. It was called an account of baby. Yeah. We start, we, we were recording the intro. And then as soon as we finished, we we got like, we were, we were partway through a story and then we just hear. And we're done. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you could uh, catch uh, tune into this week. We've we've got one on the Have a Drink news feed, and it's uh, find out uh, how much money Jim Cook has, and uh, exactly how many thousands of gallons of wine were spilled. And it, 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 red, so imagine red wine. It was so it was like the elevator scene from The Shining, oh only it gosh, was yeah. wine. Like no epping joke. You can find it all over the internet. Just yeah. uh, you got to look up wine spill, and you'll see. Pour onto me. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like pour. <laughs> I was gonna say, we've had so many. Uh, okay. Um. So yeah, you can uh, check out a new news episode. It's out there. All right. So we do have a topic. I don't know. My tolerance is real down right now. Uh, the past few weeks, I've been like, so it's to be said, I went in like cold turkey. I hadn't been drinking for like weeks, <laughs> just um, occasionally on the weekend, a little something. And then we did that stupid thing a couple <laughs> weeks ago. And I've just been like, no, <laughs> like game on. 
It's like we got to get this tolerance back up. But like, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say the next day it was just not. Oh no, the next not week a, not cool. I was hung over until that next Wednesday. <laughs> it was bad. I was just gonna say you had uh the but like after after the hangover kicked off, you heard the rockier music. You the bell. Drinking harder. All right. I don't know if that, yeah, I don't know if that necessarily segues. There's probably a way to do a Stallone thing, but well, Billy D is not in that movie. Does does Stallone have a no? Uh, how did anyway, we're talking about celebrity alcohol brands, yeah, and and why they happen and how they're happening. And basically, it's just a new form of celebrity endorsement, you know, they're their part owner or whole owner or something, or you know, or maybe they're still. Not an endorsement necessarily, but since they run it, they're going to put their name on it. Yeah. Uh, or so maybe it's the case of um, uh, just for, uh, Maker's Mark and um, McConaughey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good word. Mm. So a lot of these you find out, oh, crap, McConaughey's actually one of the owners of Maker's Mark. And, like, all yeah. These weird things start to come out. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some of this stuff. Um, We'll just start off saying that looking at the current landscape of new brands releasing now, oh, pardon, in the worlds of wine and spirits, uh, a lot of the new names have something in common. They're attached to the name of a celebrity who is possibly more renowned for how much alcohol they consume and maybe not necessarily the quality quality of the product. Looking at you, Sammy Hagar. <laughs> Uh, still, uh, it does bring name recognition to the brand and allows them to get a leg up on someone who isn't trying to start from scratch. It all comes down to celebrity branding, which has other forms, but as well, but we're going to be focusing on two forms here, uh, celebrity ownership, uh, and what could be thought of the beta version of this practice, celebrity endorsements. So a little history on endorsements, uh, Celebrity endorsements, uh, endorsement marketing strategies go back as far as the concept of celebrities. In the early 1900s, Mark Twain co-branded pins, uh, and Ty Cobb had his own brand of tobacco. <laughs> okay, that's the closest one to hitting the mark for us right now. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, that, I love that, though. <laughs> Ty Cobb had his own brand of tobacco. <laughs> his own brand of hateful tobacco. <laughs> It was like the Chick-fil-A of its day. Actually, I've, I've also heard that Ty Cobb actually wasn't the monster everyone paints him out to be. That was a... But anyway, uh, the allure of the product is endorsed as, uh, by a famous person as uh, powerful as it was then, and the attraction continues today. The benefit of, star- uh, uh, of a celebrity starring in a commercial had, uh Orin print ad has changed over time for both the brand and the celebrity. In the 50s, Doris Day shilled for Harvester Road uh, road rolling equipment, uh, a name she's known and trusted for years. <laughs> uh, hardly much of a product and uh, hardly a match of product and star uh, most would expect. In the 1990s and the 20s, they ushered in the era of mutually beneficial joint marketing deals, uh, product creation and co-ownership with celebrities at the forefront and those branding decisions. Uh, recent state, uh, recent releases, sorry, the recent release statewide of several 
Nuespresso commercial starring George Clooney, who previously kept his association with a coffee company overseas, uh, may indicate that the celebrity endorsement era have entered another era. The accessibility of celebrities through social media, the rise of brand philanthropy, the fluid nature of television, film, and streaming services have changed how celebrity endorsements are perceived. I'm pulling a lot of this, by the way, from a pretty good article I found uh, called... Uh, the history of celebrity endorsements in advertising from Doris Day to uh, uh, Liza Koshy to George Clooney. It's from Digital Media, Media Solutions. Um, but in the 1950s, the uh, endorse, saw endorsements of every type from uh, uh, every type of product from Huge Star. Uh, if you think like the old 50s ads, you know. Uh, <laughs> Lucy and the Vita Vita Vegemin, which yeah. she wasn't a wasn't a star, but it's that kind of commercial. Right. Uh, the chocolate company Whitman's recruited spokesmen, uh, spokespeople known as, as well known as Humphrey Bogart and Elizabeth Taylor and John Wayne to appear in their ads for Seriously, famous Whitman's. Bogue? Yeah. Look, I never saw any of those. Holy look, uh, let's point out that uh, they liked to get paid and they did not care how they got paid. Fact. Mm. <clears throat> Uh, stars were paid uh, with free chocolates and an arrangement to uh, and an agreement to mention their latest films in their advertisements. Look, that's all it takes for me. I'm, if, if if I had any kind of celebrity and any any beer company, any alcohol company approached me like, "Hey, you endorse this, and we'll just give you all you can drink." All right, <laughs> I'm game. You're. you're- Duff man. That's uh, we had this discussion, something similar back in college about like, oh, if I was we're talking about bands selling out, like, oh, what would it take for you to sell out? Oh, I'd sell out immediately. Like, I'd, <laughs> I'd just be a big old whore. I'd be that guy. As yeah. soon as someone was like, here's here's a check. Do you want uh, how many zeros do you want? I'd be like, I'll do whatever you want. What what what, what are we doing? It's like, what what do you need? I need you to sing Nickelback songs. All right. Okay. Add another zero. We're done. Look at this photograph. <laughs> Uh, the Shatner style. <laughs> Look at this photograph. photograph. <laughs> what the hell is on Jamie's head? Uh, anyway, um, the, st- uh, the free advertising agreement to mention there. It's hard to imagine movie stars doing this today. Brad Pitt supposedly earned $4 million for one Super Bowl commercial a few years back. Uh, but in the 1950s, endorsements were an effective strategy to reach additional markets while increasing celebrity profiles. Also, keep in mind that their agents and uh, probably studio uh, execs probably were also like, no, 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 you're going to do that or we'll have you killed. <laughs> uh, I want to be like, maybe that's a little extreme, but we don't know. Anybody <laughs> else see Hell Caesar? Probably a lot like that. <laughs> I wanted to see that. Oh, it's so good. It's so, oh, it's, it's Channing Tatum's second best role. <laughs> His first best, his first best is in This Is The End. I was, oh, I was okay. waiting for you to say, okay, yeah. <laughs> Always his best role. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> that's all, it's his only line. <laughs> um, it, is he riding him or is he, no, he's got him chained up. He's like got him chained and he's in a gimp mask and yeah. 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 <laughs> Danny McBride, he's Danny McBride's gimp. Yeah. <laughs> Just hey guys, that's that, like, that he takes so the ridiculous. gag out of his mouth long to go, hey guys, <laughs> and puts it back in. <laughs> anyway, without social media and the proliferation of celebrity news, stars had to choose alternative avenues to promote their brands. Uh, in the 1950s, uh, 
of uh, the endorsements in the 1950s often had little connection to the actual personalities or, or interest of the celebrities. And the ads were often accompanied with awkward taglines. Some were painfully tried to integrate the products from the stars. For example, Alfred Hitchcock promised there was no mystery in sending a Western Union telegram. <laughs> Just picturing him like coming in silhouette in his doo 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 doo. There is no mystery if you. There is no mystery if you send a telegram. What was that, Alfred? I'm trying to talk. I think he's mid-stroke again. Someone go kick him. Someone dangle a blonde starlet across the set. That's awful. But he wasn't a good human. Uh, however, in uh, addition to notoriety, uh, additional income or. Uh, uh, new niches granted to stars from endorsements. The brands garnered associations linked to the star's credibility and trustworthiness. Ah. All right. So the proliferation of television sets led to a massive increase in advertising expenditures by 1960. Advertising agency J. Walter Thompson Company saw its billings increase from $78 million in 19... $78 million in 1945. Yeah. Think about that. Think about the inflation for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Also, so, keep in mind, like, that's the end of World War II. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> the the inflation... Rationing is still going on. <laughs> went to $172 million in 1955 and $250 million by 1960. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is insane. The 1960s are considered the decade when TV came of age and figured out advertising for the masses. It was also a time of great creativity and artistic expression in the advertising and marketing world. Advertising, advertising provided the information and incentive to keep uh, the consumer consumption at an all-time high, but it was perhaps best known during this decade for its creative revolution. <laughs> in which traditional styles and formats were discarded in favor of the new advertising, uh, characterized as irreverent, humorous, self-deprecating, ironic, and resonant, according to an analysis by Ad Age of this time in advertising. I mean, also there's a reason this is when Mad Men is set. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, <laughs> like, like that, just after this era, in this, into the 60s, but yeah. Yeah, that tells... Absolutely all of it, if you watch Mad Men. Uh, appealing to young buyers was a key component of this innovative marketing approach. The counterculture movement of the 1960s brought distrust of many corporations, so agencies attempted to counter that cynicism with humor, like in the Woody Allen Smirnoff ads. Which I, I didn't know existed. I remember those. <laughs> I will have to find some of those, which featured the geeky new-to-the-scene comic in a series of silly... So that tells our age when it's like, wait, hearing Woody Allen described as the geeky new-to-the-scene comic. I'm like, he was like the old fart in comedy <laughs> I remember growing up. I'm he like, was the old creepy man of comedy. Yeah, like real creepy. And it was like, my, it's like one of those, my dad even thought he was creepy and was, wasn't like, oh, you've got to hear these records. He was like, hmm. I thought he was funny. You don't need to hear it. There's better <laughs> stuff. So the 1970s were more systematic in their advertising, a recession, government regulations requiring stricter adherence to truth and fierce competition from foreign markets create an environment where the market positioning became the norm. 
the move towards the brand's amplifying market position was most famously on display with the Cola Wars. There are a few survivors from the Cola Wars. We have this letter from the front. <laughs> yes, Martha. Martha. <laughs> Yes, Martha. We took a we took a heavy barrage from Coca Cola. <laughs> the launched in nineteen seventy five. Were incessant. There were no survivors. <laughs> launched in nineteen seventy five with the Pepsi Challenge, and me and Brittany have been doing our own Pepsi Challenge tonight. Actually, we'll get into that. And uh, what we're drinking it has been very pleasant. Uh, the battle lasted decades and featured many celebrity endorsements. The most famous of the nineteen seventies, featuring football star. Mean Joe Green illustrated both the athlete as pitch man and marketing style that defined the time period. I mean, in fairness, we all know that commercial. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows the Mean Joe that Green hasn't been, That hasn't been on the air in so long, and we still know that commercial. They just redid it. What was that two years ago? For the A Super couple Bowl? years back, it's something like, yeah, yeah. Huh. they did it for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, while Mean Joe Green's Coke ad was an effective pairing of Star... Sorry, <laughs> Sorry that just sounds like it was an ad for cocaine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, he was probably on Coke. You can interpret that how you please. Uh, the 1970s also included a rash of seemingly misaligned endorsements from athletes ranging from Muhammad Ali pitching roach traps. Sure, His picture was on the box. like a butterfly. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> the famous, the famous. No, commercial. I want that on a shirt now. Sting like a butterfly. Dot dot dot. Wait, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> to the famous commercial featuring Joe Namath's legs and a pair of Ultra Miss pantyhose. What? Oh, all right. Yeah, that, any that, person that was, ask any person of a certain age from Baltimore, and they'll likely remember Jim Palmer as a jockey underwear pitch man. Awkward. Oh God. The 1980s was all about cold, hard cash. Yeah, it was, and cocaine. Unprecedented <laughs> mergers of advertising agencies and cocaine created massive international <laughs> reach for brands. And cocaine. While brands were also acquired in huge deals and cocaine, by 1992, two thirds okay. of the 100 largest advertisers had new ownership. And cocaine. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, everyone. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Uh, we're children and we can't be, we can't be trusted. Ad Age called it the decade of the deal, with good reason. All this money brought celebrities to the table in the form of large sponsorships. All this money brought celebrities to the table in the form of large sponsorship deals. Pepsi launched their new generation campaign with Michael Jackson. He signed two separate deals with Pepsi in the 1980s, totaling more than $20 million and fully integrating the Pepsi brand into the Michael Jackson brand. I remember that, yeah. and it was really weird. And also resulted in a number of burns on his body. Yeah, holy crap. It was definitely game-changing, says Brian J. Murphy, executive VP of Branded Entertainment at TBA Global. You couldn't separate the tour from the endorsement for the licensing of the music and then the integration of the music into the Pepsi fabric. 
if you pulled any one of those pieces apart, it really took away from what the campaign was all about. It was the beginning of the star driving the campaign in a way that had never been seen before. Which I think and is in, yeah. uh, I think it's an essential step though. I think like if you like, oh look how integrated the guy is. If only like what else could we give him? What if he owned the company that's yeah. So there is a, a great way to represent this uh on Reddit. I think it was like yesterday. There's a picture a dude posted of him as a kid with Michael Jordan, but he he's barefoot in the picture because he had been wearing a pair of Reeboks. And Jordan, because of his deal with Nike, can't down and notice the kid was wearing Reeboks and he was like, I can't be in the picture. He's like, you got to take the shoes off. Made yeah. the kid walk barefoot with him because he could not be in a picture with a pair of Reeboks. Like no one in the picture could be wearing anything but Nikes. Yeah. Wow. Because that's part of his deal. Also Reebok did not give him like anywhere near the kind of deal he was looking for. And he was like really new when it started. So he like, he would hold grudges and he hold a grudge against Reebok. There's like you take those you gotta take your shoes off and and we'll walk we'll talk I'll shake your hand I'll sign something. <laughs> well, speaking of which, another example of co-branding and integrated marketing involved a young athlete named Michael Jordan. <gasps> His two and a half million dollar endorsement deal with Nike in 1984 included custom designed Air Jordans, the first branded shoe that incorporated an athlete's specifications. Two and a half million dollars. I make a kid take his shoes off. Yeah, <laughs> I'd kick him. I'd, I'd put him down to the dirt. Two and a half million dollars. I'd whip that kid's ass. <laughs> Take his feet right off. You can walk show on him it's not okay to wear Reeboks. Jeez. Uh, at $65 a pair, the shoes were very pricey at the time, but Nike moved $70 million worth the first year of their release. 34 years later, Jordan regularly clears $100 million annually from sneaker royalties. Yeah. I mean, that think about pay, that. That helps pay for the gambling. <laughs> uh, the 90s was a time of fragmentation in the buyer's market due to growing power of immigrant and minority communities at the opportunities and the opportunities that new technologies presented to marketers. A more diverse consumer base led to niche markets and targeted campaigns Simultaneously, agents looking to garner trust and more complex deals incorporated marketing communication services into their pitchers to advertisers, or pitches to advertisers. Uh, multifaceted campaigns offering PR, promotions, and online advertising created a platform for the wide-reaching brand ambassador roles that would grow throughout the next 20 years. Oh, those brand ambassadors. <laughs> right. We, yeah, there's a lot of those. Um the symbiotic relationship between star, brand, and marketing campaign has some of its roots in the world of hip-hop, a powerful coalition of performers who could sell everything from fashion to expensive champagne. Uh, quote, hip-hop completely opened the eyes of other music genres as to how to relate to corporations and not be seen as sellouts, says Steve Stout, an executive who has matched celebrities with brands including justin timberlake with mcdonald's gwen stefani with hewlett packard and jay-z with reebok did justin timberlake the guy who wrote the the ba -da -ba -ba -ba? is that a thing uh, or that was before him yeah okay it feels like it was a thing that was like i he, i he did he did his own version of it i think maybe that's it yeah, yeah i was like there, there was something he got involved in it i remember his voice with it at some point yeah he definitely did his own thing for it uh, Sprite represents one of the most enduring examples of the relationship between 
hip-hop stars and brands. The Cola brand curated the market that listed uh, that listened to rap and drank Sprite by seeking out artists that were more underground. This helped Sprite establish credibility in the hip-hop community. A tribe called Quest, considered pioneers of the alternative hip-hop movement, were beneficiaries of this niche approach. Look, I'm just saying this paragraph mostly made it in there because like, wait, no, we gotta talk about, okay, no, tribe called Quest, that's going in. Also, the Black Jeopardy thing. Also, I thought of that, yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, when did we become the Black Soda? Because um, <laughs> that answered my question. Uh, many it was, listen- it was the targeted thing they did years back. It's like, oh. Uh, yeah, apparently. Well, I don't know if they're going to hip hop, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, many A-listers regularly represented brands in Europe and Asia in their early 2000s, including Angelina Jolie and Leonardo DiCaprio. These endorsements were very lucrative for them personally and for their brands internationally. It remains relatively uncommon, however, for stars of a certain stature to do television commercials in America. Conversely, print ads feature many top celebrities. Uh, from perfume to fashion and water, print campaigns are part of an integrative marketing approach, calling their stars brand ambassadors and linking the products to their lifestyles, or at least their perceived lifestyles, as in the case of Jennifer Aniston and Smart Water. Uh, following the explosion of social media and its role as advertising game changer, differentiating between influencer marketing and celebrity endorsements is tricky business millennials often trust influencers they consider peers and thought leaders more than celebrities for example a teenager today is far more likely to know and trust liza koshi a youtuber with 45 million followers than any particular movie star no idea who that is no idea either uh however i do kind of get that because i follow a lot of beauty youtubers and it's i mean all i was gonna say is like if i if i if i'm getting a like oh look here are my earbuds that i got using promo codes from the modern rogue yeah that's like yeah yeah it's a oh this thing i listen to online yeah no like i have audible why because i got a sub you know got a thing from a yeah, podcast a thing yeah. from a decade ago when Audible owned podcasting <laughs> because of yeah. sponsorships. Because because a decade ago they ran Barter Town, <laughs> more or less. Uh, and now so, I don't know who Quip and Me Undies and Hel- no. HelloFresh does also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so let's kind of break down into type some of the the. Yes, you would say types of celebrity branding. Uh, celebrity entre- entrepreneurial branding refers to when a celebrity associates themselves with a financial, uh, sorry, associates themselves as a financial stakeholder and or decision maker of the product line. There are three types of involvement that celebrities can have with branding, uh, with the branding of a product line. These are mono branding, uh, co-branded uh, celebrity products, and non-celebrity branded products. Clothing and fragrances are the most common type of the product line. Uh, These product lines, rather. Uh, Mono branding refers to when a product carries only the name of a celebrity uh, and the manufacturer does not directly associate itself with the product. Mono branding is commonly used to to expand the uh, customer base or extend extend to brands 
extend the brands rather. Uh, an example of this is the collaboration between manufacturer uh, Elizabeth Arden and Britney Spears, who created the Britney Spears fragrance line. I think um, this is kind of similar to some of like these special bourbons that are like get released, like uh, probably like Metallica's bourbon that they had out. Yeah, they actually didn't do anything to develop that bourbon. Right, someone, yeah. The ad agency basically approached them and said, oh, we'll slap your name on it. Right. Um, Now, there is co-branded celebrity products. These refer to a strategic alliance uh, between the two brands to develop the product or market a product, whilst retaining all parties retain the names. Um, Oh, uh, Open and Jamal, which is something states there are three types of co-branding reach awareness co-branding value endorsement co-branding and value awareness co-branding reach awareness co-branding is the lowest level and its purpose is to maximize awareness on the second uh, level of value uh, the second level of value is endorsement co-branding which aims to align either both uh, both or one of the brand's values in the customer's mind and finally there's the ingredient co-branding this is the level of co-branding that aims to create a higher level of value by using uh, using the product of a market leading brand as a component of another brand, so that's a little wordy and a little confusing, uh, but basically this is trying to get all the stars to align. Like, oh, you like you like drinking lots of champagne. Why don't you, you know, since you're known for drinking so much of it and talking so much about it. Why don't you drink along, you know, drink your own stuff that we'll make with you? Oh, yes. Now I have my own line of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, when you've got uh, a pro- co-product, they have anything. Celebrity co-products are commonly used in order to create a greater value, expand customer base. Uh, an example of co-branded products is a collaboration between Taylor Swift and Keds Footwear in 2012. Released a range of shoes called Taylor Swift's for Keds Collection. Hmm. Uh, usually you'll see both names on that one. So you'll... Right. Uh, the uh, we mentioned it earlier. The Matthew McConaughey uh, Maker's, Mark. Maker's Mark thing that that would probably be a little closer with this one. Hmm. And then you have non-celebrity branded products. These are products that are that are branded, not branded with the manufacturer or the celebrity's name. This is uh, commonly used when endorsing when the endorsing celebrity has a narrow audience or limited appeal to the wider market. A celebrity product relationship is not a per or the celebrity product relationship is not a perfect fit. The product or brand may have a better success or broader appeal, but is not directly associated with a celebrity entrepreneurial endorser. This is largely common in the food industry. Uh, many celebrities opening restaurants, for example. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger opened uh, Schatzi, an Austrian restaurant. Uh, example of this in the alternative industry is the clothing line in uh, 6126, which is founded by Lindsay Lohan. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> it may not still be one. Uh, That's true. <laughs> uh, this kind of sounds more like, uh, well, like Aviation Gin, where it's... Okay, that was... Uh, that was an existing thing that Reynolds bought... He bought an old failing brand, used his celebrity to flip it around, literally flip it and sell it. Yeah. I was going to say like just that, uh, that, that name, him being behind it is sort of like the other thing. Um, Kind of. I mean, there's also the uh, Bob Dylan has the, the, Mm. the whiskeys that he makes the, 
I forget what they're called, but we've talked about them on the show, dude. Heaven's yeah, door. I, know, I was gonna say yeah, that yeah. I want to say it's Heaven's Door, but that doesn't feel like it's right. No, it is. It's yeah. Heaven's Door. No, there's that's, I can three different the bottle now. Yeah. Okay. There's three different okay. ones, and they're incredibly overpriced. I've yeah. not tried them because I'm not gonna pay for a bottle of it. Mm. Right. <sighs> All right. Uh, advantages for sales and advertising. The advantages of celebrity branding are having a product that endorses uh, that endorser likes and utilizes and incorporates into their lifestyle, as well as having some knowledge about the product. This would be an advantage in advertising the product because the endorser would be more passionate about the product. Just like if you were to uh, try and get me to endorse a beer or a whiskey, right? Be a lot better than, you know, getting me to endorse makeup of which I know nothing about. <laughs> The product in a believable way that consumers would be persuaded. Celebrity endorsements have uh, considerable influence in sales when promoting a product and brand as they can supply information which is focused on the benefits and remarkable features of the product in an unbiased and standard form, which has a great effect on the business revenue. I mean, all I'm thinking of is, yeah, I mean... I guess it does tell you something if about the drink if Guy Fieri has made a tequila. Tells me I don't want anything to do with it. Right. Unless it's donkey sauce flavored tequila. I was gonna say I still I mean, want to, go do to you still want it? <laughs> I wanna go to Chicken Guy. Like I will Yeah. If if like, he uh, had a tequila that was donkey sauce flavored, I would try it. Okay. Yeah. Burn it burn the world. I don't I don't know anymore. <laughs> Tequila aged, tequila aged in donkey sauce barrels. <laughs> exactly. I'd try it. An advantage of celebrity branding is buying uh, is by using social networks, as it is a less cost-effective scheme of assembling and distributing information, so that consumers become more aware of the product before purchasing it. I feel like scheme as, is a good word there. Yeah, yeah, as well as having great online consumer reviews will increase sales due to great advertisement is done by the company slash brand and celebrity promoting the product. The most effective advertisements are those that are supported by celebrity endorsements. These celebrity endorsements result in beneficial results for the product or brand. Hmm. I, I got to say that's nowadays, whenever I scroll through Twitter, I love that they say whatever's promoted Mm-hmm. It's just like skip, skip. Yep, you're just skip. like no, I'm not looking just, at you. Cruising on see, past that. Meanwhile, I get suckered into so many of the Instagram ads I see. I get suckered <laughs> in, no, I get suckered into Facebook ads, and it's like the I mean, same company. So. It's it'll all be like, oh, look at all these great, uh, look at this great like Viking replica clothing, and it's not like the oh, look how metal this is stuff. It's like here's a replica of the oldest pair of pants. So in archaeology, there is like they're there's this pair of pants that are known, they were preserved and known as the oldest pair of pants. And then they, they made like this really nerdy thing. It's like, you can own a replica pair of the oldest pair of pants. And I'm like, no, I want those. I, I want, I mean, them. I kind of want them now. <laughs> right. I didn't I'm know saying, they were there before, but I want them now. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, Oh, and then I'm like looking at the rest of their stuff. I was like, the algorithm has me. Oh yeah. Especially yeah. when it sent me the, uh, it was, a giant beer stein that had xenomorphs and a big alien chestburster egg on it. I'm like, yeah, they know me. Like this is, it's like wrapped around a beer stein. I was like, no, they got me dead to rights. (laughs) All right. Disadvantages. 
due to the higher pro- Whoa, due to the high profile lives of celebrities that are constantly being reviewed and scrutinized by the media, there are risks of using celebrities in advertising. No, there couldn't be. <laughs> Never. The term uh, eclipsing, also referred to as overshadowing, is used to describe the instance where a celebrity in an advertisement overshadows the product being advertised by occupying more time or space than the product being advertised. This is a negative for the advertiser as the product is not the main focus of the consumers. It is crucial for the effectiveness of the advertisement to ensure that the product is the focus of attention. Overexposure refers overexposure refers to the negative effect that is a result of when a celebrity endorses multiple products of a similar type at one time. Consumers can become more skeptical of the celebrity's motives to endorse products and therefore may perceive the celebrity to be less credible when endorsing multiple products. You mean like how I don't trust Peyton Manning? Well, no, no one but should. Does anyone know? No, I'm just saying like, it's like, oh, look, look at all the things he's trying to sell me. I, I do not want them. <laughs> Sam, I am. Uh, <laughs> I do not want Papa John's and whatever else he's trying Nationwide. to sell yeah, or, or the Super Bowl after the, his last Super Bowl win, I think he's like, "I will go have a Budweiser." And I was like, "Man, how much did they pay you for that?" Celebrity endorsements do not guarantee long-term favorable effects due to the risk. See, <laughs> to advertise that the celebrity endorser may get caught up in a scandal, creating <gasps> negative perceptions to consumers. There's a whole lot like that. There's needs to be like, I, I should have looked up a long list of people who got dropped from their endorsements. The second something broke. Oh, yeah. I feel like we're going to have a follow-up to this. That can be the, uh, what, we'll, the, the we'll, down, finish, like the well, we'll finish this off and you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Common celebrity scandals involve alcohol, drugs, sex, or crime related events. These scandals can have a negative effect on the image of a brand as consumers, Negative perceptions of the celebrity endorser may be transferred to the brand, therefore negatively influencing sales of the brand's products. One of the largest profile celebrity endorsement scandals of recent history was the infidelity scandal of Tiger Woods in 2009. And he recovered and is richer than ever. You don't see yeah. him on a crap load of things. No, because he had back surgery and his golf game hasn't been good for a decade. But yeah, but the like the scandal, he's like everyone hears Tiger Woods. You don't think about all the like hostesses at Applebee's he was banging. I mean, yeah. I do when I think of that red shirt because I also think of Ron Swanson. <laughs> you really still only think you're like Tiger Woods. Oh, you mean the golf legend? Like that's really like it's pretty much past in the social eye. Wow. Well, I mean, uh, at the time, Tiger Woods, you, could, you know, depends, depends on your crowd. You could ask someone, they go, the sex legend. <laughs> the brand ambassador for Nike golf apparel and footwear at the time uh, has been estimated that Nike lost approximately five to twelve billion dollars due to that scandal. Wow. No, you don't hear a lot of uh, of alcohol endorsers losing their their stuff uh, because it's alcohol, and that's when it's like, well, it kind of makes this. Yeah, it, it gets into it like, well, they're hawking, you know, booze. What what do you expect? Unless they say, so, unless it's something like racist or just. I mean, they, it's not saying they don't get dropped, but you don't hear yeah. a whole lot about. There's also, you know, I think there's a there's a limit. There's probably some legal limit of like, you know, you can't have. I don't know. They have to be. I probably have to be careful about how they market their stuff. 
Alcohol's yeah. using a lot of dead people. What? I mean, so you've got the whole brand that's uh, floating off of uh, Remus, like the whole Remus, George oh, Remus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking like, I, just, and then, I can't even think of that many. Okay, living uh, celebrities endorsing alcohol for like in one in one form or another. And you had Jack Daniels uh, doing, um, oh my, booze rattled brain is just all like, I can think of is Mila Kunis. <laughs> Jack Daniels uses a lot of people. I, I kind of like the Mila Kunis ads, honestly. <laughs> but there's, no, I think of specific. I think of people on like labels, not people in the ads, which oh, is my problem. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, because uh, I don't consume a lot of media anymore. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of lists I did manage to find. So this is what I was saying where we might cut it off. I think there's going to be a part two to this because there is a lot more to talk about with this. So this this feels like a good primer as to what's behind it because we could go on for two or three more episodes about the specific brands. Yeah, I think we mentioned a couple of the the main ones. The only one I think that's really notable that we didn't mention, I don't mean notable good, uh, is the Crystal Head Vodka. Oh, uh, sorry. (laughs) Uh, ones that's notable that's not, I won't even say notable is good, is uh, the Crystal Head Vodka. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Dan Aykroyd. Because uh, he's got, he's got that, and he's also, also has a, has a winery, you know, a vineyard. Really? The, there's, there's a list we have of celebrities that have vineyards. He's, and, he, yeah, he's vineyard level rich. And, celebrity. yeah, a lot <laughs> of them have them. Jeff Gordon has a vineyard. <laughs> Little John has a vineyard. Sam Neal? Uh, okay. Sam Neal? I'd, I'd go to Sam Neal's yeah. vineyard. Okay. Sam Neal and Vince Neal have vineyards. Okay, can I go to Sam Neal's vineyard dressed as Alan Grant? Will I get kicked out if I walk out into the vineyard and do the, like, when he rips his sunglasses off from Jurassic Park? No. Drew Barrymore? Okay. Yeah. They're moving in herds. They do move in herds. Les Claypool? They're going to be like, Wait, Les Claypool? Mm-hmm. Claypool Cellars in, in oh Russian River Valley. Oh, my God. No, I mean, click on that. I've got to know I want to go to Russian River anyway. No, no, not him. About oh, the, the vineyard. I know who Les Claypool Obviously, is. Obviously, sorry. I no I got, is there like a Winona's Big Brown Beaver <laughs> Chardonnay or something I can get? I, there should be. Obviously. Uh, but yeah, that's... Yeah, this is a whole separate episode. That was the rabbit hole I started falling down. Like, I was trying to get into getting to this bit, but also it was just going to be a list. And it was just going to be just kind of going, oh my God, this person has a thing. We're just going to have to dig through real hard and we'll present you. Like, there's going to be a part two episode to this somewhere down the line. And it's going to be a, we're going to have to cherry pick because these are fantastic. Stephen Amell has a vineyard. Sorry. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, it doesn't surprise me, but it's still just like I didn't know. It it, it just makes me think that it's some kind of crazy sex vineyard. <laughs> of course, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, who aren't even together anymore, but they have a vineyard. Yao right, Ming, well, Yao Ming has a vineyard. Yeah, uh, in Napa. In Napa, sure. yeah. I mean, Napa's the like. Okay, so uh, I'm I've always been obsessed with Tia and Tamira Mori. And uh, Tamara and her husband have a winery as well. <laughs> I'm oh. that, that Tia and Tamara don't have it. 
Oh, yeah, no, Tamira doesn't have it. Tamira I'm just saying. They should, they should both. One of them disappeared <laughs> from the public eye. Yeah. They're both still acting and doing stuff. Are they? Yeah, they are. There's only one that you go on about. F you. What? <laughs> All right. Well, that F you, I think, means it's time we talk about what we've been drinking. Drink with me, friend. Hmm. All right. So we've been uh, over here doing the Pepsi challenge. It's a couple of things. I'll let her start off with the, the first one we were doing. We were doing these... Uh, I don't know what orange juice, like orange Julius styled uh, hazy IPAs because they are massively popular and they were popularized by Treehouse Brewing with their Julius. Mm. Yeah, this, this light's coming in here. Sorry. With multiple um, S's. And you've got the first one over there that we were doing, which is the local selection. Yeah. So this is from Braxton Labs. So offshoot of Braxton Brewing, if you've heard us talk about them. Uh, this is orange. It's just called Orange Julius. Orange Julius Tiny Raindrop Infusion. So they do it uh, one beer. It's called Tiny Raindrops, and they did oh, okay. this is their Orange Julius Infusion. This is a six and a half percent ABV, uh, thirty IBUs. Wow, it doesn't it doesn't taste bitter in the least at all? Well, I mean, thirty IBUs is pretty low. Yeah. Um, wow, that's uh, kind of it. On well, there's not a whole lot of information on it yeah so it was a crowler, a crowler. release um but it t so um it tasted more I, okay i have to put this out there i've never had like i know it i know it's a it's a uh i don't want to say restaurant because i mean i guess it is a restaurant technically but a juicery is that a thing uh i've never had the drink though orange julius mm. um but I will say, like this, this Braxton one straight up tastes more orange juice. But oddly, like I'm trying to think of an orange juice to compare it to, like the Simply Orange, maybe something like that. Like a, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it it very much tastes like an you could make a beer mosa out of this. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. All right. So the next one that we have been doing, which is my favorite. Um, yes, it is also my favorite. And I I don't know, I had a prejudice, I guess I'll say coming into this, I lean towards it, is Blazed Orange from Hot Butcher, which is a Citra and Strata Hopped milkshake double India pale ale brewed with oranges and vanilla. It was delicious. 7.5% ABV, and they don't give an IBU or anything. That one tasted like creamsicle. Like yeah, yeah, the up. vanilla they add to it, just like which, for me, is just like well, you just won. Congratulations! It's uh, it kind of put it over the top. So yeah. that that actually, so I wouldn't have usually compared these two kinds of beers, except for the Braxton Labs one said Orange Julius on it, mm -hmm. like they were invoking those like the the orange juice, uh, not really milkshake, but just like. The frozen orange juice like kind a, of thing. Frozen yeah. orange juice. I don't know. It's like not a slushy, but it's not. Yeah. Uh, Whereas yeah. the hot butcher wasn't invoking that, but that's exactly what they made. Like to a T. It is so orange. And oh, it's just so good. It's it's a creamsicle. It's, it's, it's yeah, perfect. Creamsicle I'd probably be a little more down with. I, I don't know how I feel about the orange Julius. I, th I honestly, I think you would like the, the, the creamsicle one. I've got one more can of it. 
well, and that'll be my last hot what? butcher. <laughs> Um, yeah, that and I'm gonna have to get good. another hookup from Chicago. And, oh, okay, <laughs> besides that, though, uh, I was also drinking. I don't know if you can. Because there's still half a glass over there. Yeah. Um, well, it's warming up, and it honestly, like, it's it's like, oh, Just it could be better. Waggle it around. It's it's really hard to the stupid light. It's hard to see. It's the horchata demogorgon yeah. from Street Side here it's, in Cincinnati. Again, you should have chugged water. when you had the chance. I will not chug this beer because it's amazing. Uh, so cinnamon whiskey demogorgon with horchata spices. Because they, they discovered aging it in just the cinnamon whiskey barrels Thank doesn't you, really provide enough flavor. It's just this is one of my new favorite beers, and of course it's probably like it's like a you know one. Yeah, it's or their special. Well, um, it may be they may they've bring never, a variant. Yeah, they've never rebrewed yeah. a variant of demogorgon. They've actually never rebrewed anything of demogorgon. The base has never been mm. released on its own. Since the initial you're, release, you're bringing like me down here three years ago. <laughs> never say never were, again, Chris. If they ever redid any, it would have to be the apple brandy barrel and the coconut oh. because the coconut. Oh, I remember that coconut. My erection right. <laughs> will last through the ages for that coconut. That's, uh, that's there will never. I will never. Viagra will never be a thing because someone just has to lean into my ear like coconut demogorgon, and I'm just gonna be like, oh. Man, why why are some of the greatest beers of all time coconut? Huh. I don't know. Yeah, it's point. just when a like when a brewer knows what to do with it, it's amazing. When they don't, it is it's terrible. Just, yeah, but, but when not you, all coconut beers are like erection inducing. No. Like it's just they got to know what they're doing. But when you know what you're doing, and you when you know how to how to do something to that nut. <laughs> oh my gosh, that just is a me. weird. Okay. <laughs> no, the visualization there with you. Yes, just... no, that's just wrong. No, the, the coconut just reminded me of another reason to watch that Adam Sandler cartoon. But the lime movie. and the coconut. The lime and the coconut joke. I was just like, all right. Because no, apparently that's the ending I'm to in. the Adam's wedding the, ritual. The wedding. <laughs> oh. And then okay. they get interrupted by townspeople with torches. And they're like, he's like, all right, you put the lime and the coconut. You drink it all up. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. What have you been drinking, Bob? <laughs> uh, I've been drinking uh, Grainworks. What's in the middle? Mm. Uh, I've yet to open that one. That is a Cincinnati brewery. Yep, it is a, as they call it, uh, an Oreo milk stout. It's a six point five percent, and I don't really have a lot of other information other than uh, <laughs> it's got a four point four point oh seven. Rating on uh, an average rating on Untapped. Hmm. Uh, it a, co- a coworker of mine helped start that brewery. Oh, okay. Uh, but it is, it tastes so much like an Oreo. <laughs> like you don't even know. Well done. <laughs> yeah, like, but it's like, it it has a nice lactose taste, which so it tastes like the 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 filling mm. in the middle as well. Uh, I guess so that's it's, what they're going for with the name. Yeah, so it's 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 literally dead on Oreo. Mm. that's fine and i've just been sitting here just <laughs> drinking boozy oreo all day or all night so we've also got a cookies and cream demogorgon oh my god <laughs> sorry that was a combination of how good that was and how good that sounded <laughs> that's our tagline i've had <laughs> i've had those cans sitting around for a little bit i've still not opened one because there's no time to drink everything i have mm. 
Which is kind of what led to tonight being like, F it, let's drink all these things that are sitting around that it's like, oh, we need, we need to save that for when people come over. Nobody's coming over, so let's just drink it. It's 2020, no one's coming. No one's coming. <laughs> F it, we drink all the good liquor. <laughs> That's... <laughs> No one's coming. F it. Let's drink. We're drinking the good liquor is also the tagline of the show. Mm. <sighs> yeah. There's a lot of colons. Uh, semicolons. It's, it's our title is almost as long as the, uh, as the Chris Claremont X-Men book. Uh, X-Men colon, the end X-Men colon man and X-Men colon. The right stuff, volume six. I don't, I, I can't remember how it ended out, but like there's literally just do, 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 do. It's like big X Men volume six. You just look at it and you're like, can you do that many? At a certain I point, you just look at him and go, Chris Claremont, <laughs> you, you lost it somewhere in the 90s, didn't you? Uh, anyway, don't forget, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com or you can follow us at have a drink on social media and twitch.tv. Uh, you can also tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. Uh, just email us at uh, feedback at haveadrinkshow.com or uh, use the feedback page on the website. All joking fun aside, I'd like to remind everybody to please drink responsibly. That That's always like we're drinking like idiots, but we're not going anywhere. But we're home. I'm stumbling into the next room. That's it. <laughs> yeah. My bed's right there. I'm just, I'm going to fall backwards. <laughs> all you got to do yeah i mean i gotta do the getting my makeup off thing but bed right after that you don't have to i mean well you wake up with you can wake up with that like tan pillow uh wake up and your pillows looking back at you surprisingly (laughs) yeah my pillow looks like a whore (laughs) (laughs) oh dear uh yes so check us out on our uh, next live episode in another couple of weeks uh once again you can check out patreon.com slash have a drink show or have a drink store.com uh if you want to support the show once again i'm Brittany lee walker i'm justin frazier and i'm christopher walker and we will see you all next time bye bye guys bye, Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>